Welcome to the Epicenter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Epicenter Church, visit epicenterchurch.com.au. I'm Sage Wiltshire, I'm Robert's wife, and this will be the second time that I've ever spoken here, so yeah. Um, This morning I'm going to speak to you about creativity and what it is and its purpose and its relevance in our lives and where we find it and where it comes from. And generally when we think of the word creativity, we think of arty people, someone who can draw or paint or play an instrument, um, who here thinks that they're creative. There's like, yeah, a small amount, a handful of people. Um, most people don't see them as crea- see themselves as creative. And if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that they don't have a creative bone in their body, I'd probably be a millionaire by now. But whether or not you see yourself as an artist, um, you're wired to think like one. You're made to be creative. We are special and you are special. And out of the billions and billions of creatures that God has made, he made us to be creative. Only we were created to be creative. Um, We are able to imagine possibilities and then based on free will, make conscious choices to bring those possibilities into reality. We can imagine something in our head and then make that invisible thing visible and bring it into reality. We were imagined, God imagined us first, so we are imagined to imagine and we were created to create. In, um, first Genesis, in Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And then in verse 27 it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. So creativity comes from God. It's in your DNA. You can't say that you're not creative when you're made in the image of the creator. We were created in his likeness. But we aren't called to be the creator. We are called to co-create with God. Just like trees don't create fruit, they bear fruit. And in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. We are not called to be the creator. We are called to be conduits, something that God can flow through to be his hands and feet. So what is creativity exactly? Creativity starts as a thought process. It's a way of thinking. It's about thinking outside of the box of what the norm is and asking questions. And when we ask questions we actually invite God into our lives to speak to us. So it can be a very powerful thing. We're called to be creative thinkers because we were made that way. It's not necessarily something that we do, but who we are and how we think and how we're created. And when we understand that as part of our identity, we actually open up a whole new page of our lives and um, a whole new space for God to come in when we invite him in part of that and to build relationship with him there. So creativity starts in our minds before it becomes an action. It's, it's a thought, it's a conversation with God and it's a way of thinking. But God is so clever that he's made creativity so broad. There's no one thing that is creative. Everything has the ability to be creative. And we are all different, so our creative expression 
is different and as individual as ourselves. But it is open and present in every person and in every personality. But we tend to be the ones that box art in creativity into the art category, but that is just one form of creative expression. And whatever it is, everything has a potential to be creative when we understand that we are creative and that it's a way of thinking freely. And it is a process that we have to learn to do because we tend to bind ourselves to a degree and that we don't freely um, have that creative thinking anymore. So God loves it when we step into that identity and freedom, especially when we ask him on the journey. And most of the time, we don't step into that God-given identity because of shyness. And I know a lot about shyness. I was a very, very shy person. It's taken a lot for me to get up here and a long time. I always struggled with being shy and I pushed myself out of that and stopped believing the lies And I surrounded myself with people that encouraged me. And with God's help, I've come out of that. But I still struggle with it. It's not never not there, but we lean on God with that. And I think there's a huge lie that everyone's believed at some point, that shyness is genetic. It's actually not genetic. You weren't born that way, because shyness is a learnt thing. God doesn't make people shy, because shyness is birthed out of insecurity and fear. We may be born quieter in spirit, but we're not born shy. And to overcome shyness, we need to identify what lies we've believed in ourselves. The enemy will always plant little lies around us to stop us stepping into our identity, our God-given identity. Lies like, I'm not good enough. Um, No one will listen anyway. That's a stupid idea. I'll mess it up. Um, I'll misrepresent Jesus. Or I need to sort my life out first before I can do anything. And the, the list goes on and on and on. But to embrace our authentic selves is our greatest risk, but it's our richest reward. We fear because we are uncertain that we are enough. We fear because we are certain that we're not enough. And we fear because a creative act actually requires us to be more than we can be on our own. It makes us need God. And we fear because we are never meant to create apart from God. If we want to create a better world, then we'd better start to unleash our creative potential inside ourselves and others. Um, But there's an order to the creative process. First we dream, then we risk, then we create. And we cannot create without risk. You cannot create without an element of risk, and risk has an element of fear. But just because we fear it doesn't necessarily make it bad. If there isn't an element of fear, then we aren't really risking. And this is why we must dream, risk and create with God and lean on him. This is why we're not meant to create apart from God because it requires us to trust him with our fears because he is the one who will guide us away from or to and through our fear and teach us as we go. Playing it safe is comfortable. It makes us feel in control. It gives us a sense of security, but it kills your creativity. And our security isn't meant to be in our own abilities. We're meant to have security in God. 
but the biggest risk is to not take any risk at all. If we aren't creating and risking, then we're just existing. To create is to be human, and to create is to reflect the image of God, and to create is an act of worship. And I want you to know that you have something to offer. All of us have something to offer. We're able to worship and serve God and others right now in one way or another. God has given all of us creativity and gifts to do this with. And your gift is so amazing that it not only blesses you, but it blesses others. But your gift only grows when you use it. So you can either hold a seed for the rest of your life, or you can let it flourish into something greater than you could ever imagine by using it for its purpose. So what is the purpose of our creative gifts and design? Um, One is for worship. It's to worship the Father and to glorify him. It's for service. It's to serve God and others. It's for connection. It can be used as a great stepping stone to connect with others. It's for growth. It helps us grow in character and spirituality. It's also for relationship. It builds intimacy with God when we invite him into our creative process. And it's also for joy, for just the pure joy and fulfillment. Um, When we create for the sake of creating, to see what happens for fun or whatever it is, there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just creating for fun. There is so much learning in those times and connection with God when we let ourselves be free. There doesn't have to be an agenda or a message or a, a reason or purpose necessarily behind it. But in its purest sense, when we create like this, we are worshipping. Just like kids playing, kids play for no other reason than they enjoy it. But it can also reveal things in us. Because when we create, when we do this, we give God in spirit and truth. We give to him in innocence and playfulness. And in doing so, we, re- we reveal God. But creative processes have been used for years to help people in all aspects of life, from mental and emotional help to learning. But it often reveals in us things we have been hiding for a long time. And it can bring light to dark places and give us a sense of freedom. And God always shows up in the process. The process reveals things about ourselves and God. And this is why creativity is so important. So what is your creative gift and how do you find it and how do you grow it? One of the first things we need to do is to ask God. Pray about it. Ask him to reveal it to you. Pray for the freedom of creative thinking. Number two is permission. Um, A lot of the time people will say that they don't have any time for it, but we actually, everybody has the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. So you need to give yourself permission and time to discover your gift. Um, Most people will say that they're not creative, but they they actually are. They just haven't discovered it yet. So you've got to try new things and bring God along with you so he can guide you in that. Um, You've got to give yourself grace. Give yourself grace to let his love flow over you. You aren't going to find it straight away, and it's not going to work out straight away. It's not going to be perfect. Um, It will always be a journey. God always takes us on a journey when we ask him for something new. It's always a journey because it's a learning process. Uh, Practice. 
when you find it, you need to practice it. Set aside regular time. A creative gift only grows when used. It is a time for you and God and a time to discover you and God. Um, You also need to seek inspiration. Inspiration is defined as something that makes someone want to do something or that gives someone an idea about what to do or create, a force or influence that inspires someone. Um, Inspiration is also what can cause us to consider bold new ideas. It spurs our creative thinking into action. Great artists get great ideas because they are consistently open to receiving information, even seeking it from their creator. And when we invite God and inspiration into our lives, you don't just become creative, you become more of yourself. God created you to be creative and he made you in his image and set you apart from all other creatures. So you were imagined to imagine to imagine created to create. So here's some last thoughts before I leave you. I want to pose some questions for you to think about. What lies have you believed that hinder your God-given creativity? What lies have you believed about yourself? What actions can you put into place to encourage creative thinking? What dreams and creative ideas do you have that you have never risked with God? or that you've let them go because of fear. So I pray that you, I will pray that you will take the time to discover your gifts, um, discover your creative identity in God, and bring him on the journey and find joy and freedom in it. Let's pray. God, I pray that everyone that is listening starts a new conversation with you. I pray that they find their creative identity and start to walk in freedom with it. I thank you that you have made us special and you've set us apart. I thank you that you've made us in your image as a creative being, and I pray that you bless all those here in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sage. Sage obviously talks a little bit quieter than... I do, so when I grab the microphone, it's a little bit boomy. Uh, So this morning is going to be a relatively quick and short service. We had to scrap one song in in worship for mainly musical reasons, not vocal reasons. And if you can't work out that joke, the musical reasons is the person standing in front of you uh, talking. So amongst other things, has made the service a little bit shorter, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's extra time to connect together, to share some cafe, to basically get to know one another. But some thoughts that I'd like to, I suppose, leave us from Sage's message. As far as we're created to create, God's given us a mind, hasn't he? And he wants us to use that mind for multiple things. First things is he wants us to use that mind to worship him to bring glory to Him. But the second thing He wants us to use that mind is to put into action ways that we can relate, connect with other people, love on one another. Like Ultimately, we can't effectively do what God's placed in our hearts as individuals to do unless we first create. In the context of what Sage was trying to talk about is that creativity is something that we, we put on a pedestal as like Denise Hargraves and Sage or... Great musicians, 
like myself. We, we put these people on, on a pedestal as far as these are the creative ones that have the, all the creative giftings. And so even when we come, specifically when we come to church, and I've been guilty of this myself, I think I, I really need to start mapping out the, the next 12 months or the next term or, or whatever it is. And, and I need to bring some creativity into the service. And so I start thinking, well, I haven't got a creative like, bone in my body. So who can I bring on my team that is creative? And I start pushing aside everything that God's already placed in me. Now, that's not to say that there isn't wisdom in, in gathering people around you that have specific giftings of like crazy creativity. But the reality is, I, th- I think too often that we push out of the way our own abilities to dream with God and give it to someone else to do because they're apparently more creative than us. Second, or First Corinthians is very clear that the, the body is made up of many parts. We've got ears, we've got eyes, we've got nose, we've got mouth. And, he, and, he, and, he, and Paul paints this picture in, in the context of a human body, but then relates it back to, to the body of Christ and says, you are all uniquely created differently for a specific reason, to outwork in different ways, to touch people in different ways, to minister in different ways. And then he goes on and, and he says, can the hand be a head and an eye be a nose and, and, and so on. Ultimately, what he's trying to say is that you can't be anything other than you, but unless you're being you with me, being God, then you're not effectively blessing the body. And I love the thought that Sage presents in there that she says, dream, risk, create. Every part of the body, every intricate part of the body has a dream in their heart. God's given us all a dream, whether it's a big, grand dream or maybe a smaller dream. The reality is it it doesn't matter what scale that dream rests on. It just matters, are we being diligent? Are we being obedient to what God's placed in there? So I like it how it says, she says, dream. The first thing that God does is generally implant or impregnate in our spirits a dream. And for a lot of us, we've got no concept even that sometimes it's from God. We've got a dream resting in our belly, but we don't necessarily know that it's from God. But something's been planted in there. And, and I love this process of dream, risk, create. Because isn't that how life goes? So when I first started business, I had a dream in my heart of being a good farrier or a good business person. And it starts with the dream, but I wanted to get to this place where I could create it. But there was a whole lot of insecurity. There was a whole lot of shyness. There was a whole lot of struggles that I had to walk through. There's that middle part. We all want to create something, but how many of us are willing to endure the risk and battle the fear that comes with it? We've got this dream that God's wanting us to create, but I wonder how much fear the enemy places in there and stops us from stepping into it. So God asks us to step in, step out, and risk what God's placed in our hearts. And then the last one is create. See it becoming a reality. God wants us to step into the dreams that He's placed on our heart, to move through the fear, to ultimately see it become a reality. And I think for one reason he does that is this. He wants to mature us. He wants to grow us. He wants us to move from point A through to point Z. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. And generally moving through that middle part, that risk, that is dealing with the struggles that are going on in our heart. And I think for a lot of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, we get stuck there. We're too scared to, to move any further forward. 
We, we don't want to continue to move forward into that place where we start creating because it's more comfortable to stay where we are. The moment you move from dreaming into trying to create is the moment insecurities, challenges, the issues or character flaws that we have, they come to the surface and we have the choice of, do I want to step into it to embrace it? see change come to my life or do I want to stay where I am? And so the question that I would ask us all is this. What fears are standing in the way of us stepping into what God's got for us? What insecurities, what character flaws are staring us in the face and potentially and generally these are the things that no one else sees that are staring us in the face that are keeping us from stepping into And if we go to Christian language, into freedom. If we're stuck here, we want to move to freedom. If we've got a dream here, we want to move to where we create it and step into a place of liberation where God is leading us. What fears, what insecurities are here? And I ask you to imagine this. What would your life look like? What would your family look like? And what would the community around you look like? If you were to push through those insecurities, those fears, those struggles into the place where you're creating the dream that God's placed in your heart. How about you stand up? I love it how every time I I say something, David Ferris takes it like it's a command. And he normally says, yes, Pastor. Or yes, Rob. (laughs) Yes, Pastor. (laughs) Yeah, you do. How about we lift our hands? Lifting our hands for those that potentially aren't used to it is this. It's a sign of surrendering something over to God. And what we're wanting to do here is we want to surrender ourselves to the Father, specifically in this instance, to hand over to Him our fears and our insecurities. So Holy Spirit, I pray for all of us, Father, that We can be deliberate and we can be diligent with the gifts that you've placed in our hearts, Father. With the dreams that you've placed inside of us and that we can ultimately give the insecurities, the fears, the struggles over to you and allow you to do something with them, allow you to do something in our hearts that we might step into that place that you've called us to go, Father. Step into that area of where you've called us to journey with you. And for those of us potentially here that have unique gifting, so to speak, and maybe it looks like they've got a gift or the sense of to step out and be, to be a vocalist, for instance. I, I pray, Father, the insecurities dwindle, Father, in the sight of the, the dream that you've placed in their hearts. Maybe for others here, Father, that there's a, there's a sense, there's a dream placed on their heart to step out into new areas of employment. Or to step out into their own business, Father. And I pray again that the insecurities and and the fears and the struggles dwindle in comparison to what you're wanting to do in their lives, Father. So I pray for all of us, God, that we can boldly step into what you've called us to step into and create with you, become co-creators with you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Please subscribe to hear more sermons from Epicenter Church. 